You're listening to the Hotel Moment Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever at in the world. Today on Hotel Moment, we're joined by Mark. If you'd like to introduce yourself, sir. Hi, my name is Mark Vincent. I am the CIO for Millennium Technology Group and also the CIO for Rosen Hotels and Resorts in Orlando, Florida. Perfect. So tell us a little bit about Millennium, Rosen, and the makeup of your portfolio there. Absolutely. So Rosen Hotels and Resorts is a seven-hotel chain, basically, in the Orlando area, mostly on the International Drive section of Orlando. We are privately owned uh, by Mr. Harris Rosen. And uh, Mr. Rosen is quite the entrepreneur and philanthropist. He does amazing work in the community. And uh, one of the things he has created was his own IT company, and that's Millennium Technology Group. I started with Millennium Technology Group back in 2013 and uh, took over the reins in 2018. And so I have a team of, at our peak pre-COVID, our team was about 82 people. We're down to about 60 now, but we are are building our team back up. And so it's, it's a wonderful organization. Millennium Technology Group is an MSP. So we not only service the hotel, but we also service uh, about 70 other clients. And we have many different verticals, including hospitality, medical, small business, theme parks. So there's quite a lot that we do. Wow. How did you get into it? Tell me about your history, how you got into hospitality, and uh, what drives you in the industry. So I started back in 1985. I was a couple of years out of college and um, started to work for a company called Colette Tours on Pawtucket, Rhode Island as a tour guide and had the opportunity to travel to uh, throughout the United States and through Canada. As a result of that, I lived in Alaska for quite a few years. I lived in Hawaii, Seattle, and uh, quite a few other states as well. So that's that was the start in hospitality. And then in the early 90s, I moved to Tampa, Florida, and started in the hotel industry working for uh, the holiday. Worked my way up eventually at multiple hotels, became a front desk manager, reservations manager, and then around early 93, I took a job as an IT installer and trainer for what was then National Guest System. It eventually became Visual One Systems, mm-hmm. and I moved up the ranks there, got into software development. Around 1996, I started my own software company called Golf Pro, and we provided golf course management systems for many courses around the world, including Pinehurst, Firestone, and many, many of the top ones, Bandon Dunes. And eventually sold that company as well as Visual One was sold to Agilisys in 2000. So I stayed on at Agilisys as a director until 2012 when I decided to leave and start afresh and came down to Florida again. In that time uh, when I was with Visual One and Agilisys, I was in Maryland and Virginia. So I was there about 20 years and went back to Florida in 2012 and 2013 took the job at a Millennium Technology Group. So it's been a whirlwind adventure and quite a lot of fun. And I, I love the hospitality. Industry. Yeah, I was going to say that's definitely a great experience. It's definitely well-rounded. You've definitely been on both sides of the coin there. Had some uh, great experiences. That's for sure. Wow. Jumping into travel. So of course you host your brother and you, if I believe, uh, Dan there host a podcast. Is that right? Uh, it's actually my cousin. My cousin, Our Dan. Cousin, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, the podcast is called Not Here for the Souvenir, uh, available on all common podcast sources. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's basically a show that we do. Uh, Dan's a tour guide down in southern Chile. Um, and with our mutual background of tour guiding, uh, we both love travel. So the show is primarily uh, talking about places that are off the beaten path. Uh-huh. We have gone to some common places, I'm using air quotes, uh, like Scotland and Alaska. <laughs> but we do try to take people off the beaten path. And the goal of the show is really to get people away from being tourists and to really study the culture, 
the people, the food, and learn about those places. We believe that travel is the best education that you can find, and it breaks down barriers. It, it eliminates ignorance, and it can really help to bring people together and, and ultimately a, a little corny, but it helps to bring the world together. So that's our goal. Definitely, definitely. What's your favorite place so far that you've been to? Wow, that's a loaded question. It's always the last place I've been to. On the Near the top of the list, Australia was an amazing trip. I was there for three weeks back in 2018. When I was younger, I went to Egypt and had the opportunity to go inside the Great Pyramid and to Luxor and Karnak. That was pretty incredible. And just living in Alaska was an amazing opportunity. I was up there for almost five years and get to really experience uh, that beautiful place. And I recommend everyone go there. Definitely. The last frontier. That's where that is. It really um, is. And I'd be amiss, my, my wife would not be happy if I didn't ask about Scotland, being from her heritage. What was your favorite thing or place in uh, Scotland to visit? There were many. We went there to go play St. Andrews. And so that was one of my bucket lists. I'm an avid golfer. And uh, so that was top of the list. But Edinburgh was absolutely incredible. And we were there in August. So we were there for the Fringe Festival and also for the Military Tattoo, which was absolutely incredible. The show takes us off the beaten path and we went to Noidart, which is a small little village to the west of there and also Inverness where I have a friend who I met. You can learn all about that on the show, but it's, it's a beautiful country. The people are absolutely incredible. They're some of the nicest people I've ever met, endearing and warm and wonderful. The food is actually quite good and it was really enjoyable. I really had a great time and encourage everyone to go see Scotland and, and the entire UK, but Scotland was my favorite in the UK. Very good. And with that in mind, how have you seen on your side or heard in the industry about travel? Uh, I mean, revenge travel, of course, has been a big thing. UK, of course, now is not quite letting everybody in as much as it was for that brief moment we had. But where do you see travel going from here, especially when it comes to international destinations? I think the challenge is obviously going to be getting the borders open on both sides. And, and obviously, that's going to be based around decreases in COVID rates through vaccination and through proper um, protocols that we need to take. I'm not going to get political. There's There are things we can do to, ask, to expedite this. That said, we did see in Orlando, obviously, a massive hit to tourism through 2020. We did see a big increase from March uh, of 20, um, 2021 through August. We're now into early September. And it was exactly what you're talking about, revenge travel. People just needed to get out of the house and come down. Conferences are huge in Orlando, and we've seen a massive um, decrease in that business. However, it's been offset by the leisure travel. And so our convention properties are seeing a lot of uh, tourists and visitors that are coming in and we love it. We welcome them and uh, we're really happy to see them. So hopefully that will sustain us until the conventions come back in. Definitely, definitely. And I was going to say to that point, have you heard much on the industry side of cancellations? I know I've heard bits and pieces of some cancellations here and there, some conversations that September, uh, maybe October will probably be the last real big conventions. I know that in the industry, we have, uh, of course, some industry events coming up here in end of September. So that kind of falls in line with kind of what I've been hearing in the industry. What have you heard? on The conventions that were booked for July, August, um, small ones, we had a couple of big ones. They participated, they showed up. We have had some cancellations in September and October though. With the rise of Delta, people uh -huh. are a little bit gun shy right now. So we have seen some cancellations in September, October, November, December. They're not canceling yet. I think they're waiting to see what happens. And um, January, February are um, healthier. Nowhere near where they used to be, but they're definitely healthier. So I, I think as long as we can get past this current wave, we should see um, some slight increases. We don't expect full convention business until probably 2023 at the very earliest, though. For sure. 
For sure, yeah. And looking at the star reports, you've seen that echoed there and that their initial little thought was uh, more conservative. And then, you know, of course, being offset by leisure travel, they became a little more bullish about the, the bounce back. But of course, uh, you know, always kept that air of ca- caution that with everything going on, uh, the variant could pop up and all of a sudden we're going back the other direction. Coincidentally, of course, the Delta variant came up, but also correlate, correlated well with the fact that kids are going back to school, which also meant travel in itself for the industry would be slowing down typically uh, during this time of year. So this just helped underline, I think, further uh, hammer home that we're going to see a little more of a decline than we wanted. And knock on wood here, it doesn't go back that far to where it was before. But on your side, are you guys anticipating that you'll see a heavy drop in leisure and in BT? Are you seeing maybe a little bit of BT still coming in or... Um, is it still, uh, everything's up in the air? We'll see what. I think the latter. We're counting on leisure travelers. As I said, they were the first ones out of the gate and the parks are, the theme parks are doing quite well. And I, we haven't seen any drop off there. And of course they need a place to stay. So they, they come and visit us. So I, I think leisure will return relatively quickly. Again, I think October will be okay. You're right. September and October, at least for Florida, are really slow. Kids go back to yeah. school. And, and as a resident, it's great for us. Great time to go to the theme parks. <laughs> no problem. Um, you know, but it's not about us. We really want our visitors back. We miss them. So I think leisure will carry us uh, for a while. We, we did see some pretty decent occupancies. In some periods, we were to 70, 80%, which was pretty amazing. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So we're definitely seeing some, some good travel. We just need to get things under control again. Definitely. And to that point, one of the other big topics, um, even in the Orlando market, especially, the, the conversations happen on the staffing side uh, and the challenges when it comes to staffing. I, and I heard a conversation where housekeeping used to be 15, 16 an hour. Now you're at 18, 19, 20 to try to get a housekeeper and you're competing with the next hotel down the street. Have you guys felt that same pain as well? Oh, yeah, we, d- we definitely felt that pain. One of the things about our organization is that we have a really high retention rate. We've got housekeepers right. that have been there for 40 years. It's pretty incredible. And when, of course, when we had our cutbacks and our layoffs, getting them back was a bit of a challenge. There was the concerns, obviously, the health concerns, but also the monetary impact as well. It was really interesting. There was a big push during the last cycle, political cycle, for raising minimum wage. And I think the capital markets just did it on their own. People just said, I'm not coming back unless I get paid a higher wage. And that's what we're seeing throughout. So we've made some um, adjustments in our salaries uh, for all of our hourly associates across all positions and made some increases there in some cases, pretty significant. Our benefits package has always has been at the top of the list. So we have an amazing medical and amazing healthcare, which helps. We our, our owner provides full ride in college, as long as you go to a state college for um, family and for uh, associates themselves. So we've got an incredible um, benefits package that lures them back. We have definitely seen the challenges, but we are doing a decent job of getting our focus. And that speaks uh, volumes right there. That shows a company that's investing in their people, investing in their um, talent. And really comes down to the culture. Pay is one piece. Of course, all of us have bills to pay. And in the end, money does make a big influence. But at the same token, a good company culture, a company that's taking care of their employees, provides great benefits, that carries a value that in a lot of ways isn't something you can mind. It really brings a bigger piece to the pie that sometimes I've been on both sides. I've worked for management companies that as a hotelier, I'm like, okay, this is um, great and all, but it's just another job until I find something else. But I've also been at management companies where 
it's an amazing experience. I can't wait to go to work the next day to see what the, uh, the day is going to bring, whether it's the, the new challenges or something new that's going to happen that's fun. I can definitely see both sides of that, but I definitely feel like there's a lot more value that comes in from uh, an employer that is taking that time to invest in their, in their talent. It definitely it shows on your guys' side. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, yeah, we really are like a family. I know that's a, a, colloquialism, a colloquialism that is used often, but we really are like a family and, and we really care about each other and, and we've helped each other through this through this pandemic. And it's I think that's what it's that's what it's all about. We've all in our industry and throughout the world, but we're talking yeah. about hospitality in our industry, we've all faced just decline in, in business and a dramatic decline in the morale within our staff. And so when you have a company that is actually really puts customer, uh, I'm sorry, puts our staff first, yep. it shows, it really shows. Definitely, definitely. And have you guys looked at revamping some of your operations? I know that's been a big piece of conversation in a lot of organizations is revamping how they, whether centralizing their operational aspects or looking to centralize their sales aspects and try to condense to essentially do more with less staff. We already were in that paradigm. We, you know, as a, as a, as a company of seven hotels, everything is centralized. We have a central team, central IT, central HR, central finance, central purchasing. So we have all those together already. And um, so this really helped us to be um, as efficient as we possibly could through these lean times. The other big advantage that we have is that we're completely debt-free. Our owner carries no debt. All the hotels are owned outright. And, and that's, what's, that's what saved us during this pandemic. We were able to keep our doors open, not all of them, but you know, we've reopened all of our hotels now and to keep our staff employed. And it's due to his incredible business acumen. Yeah, that's that's incredible. That That is a huge piece. And I've worked for owned and managed properties as well as ones that are just franchised. When you work for an owned and managed property, it's a much different aspect. And the level of involvement from an ownership side, but also their dedication to it. And to your point, that business acumen where you are thinking ahead. You're always thinking about how you can back to the previous point of support your employees, support your people, make that investment because in the end, it's going to pay dividends directly to your pocket, a hundred percent of the way, not to your pocket plus your management company's pocket plus your brand's pocket plus you, you it dilutes very quickly and you lose some value there. So you're really investing in yourself. That's definitely makes a big difference in what you do and where you're at. Yeah. So thinking ahead, what do you guys have uh, goals? Do you have more properties in the pipeline? Are you guys focused on just really building your current base of business? What's uh, the thought? I think in the short term, obviously getting back on track. But once we do that, we did have plans to expand a couple of the hotels that we already have in place. The two that are right across the street from the Orange County Convention Center were on the docket to be expanded. Obviously that we're set back now. It's probably going to be, assuming everything comes back, I'd say 2025 before we start revamping that whole project. That said, across the street from our, our flagship property, Shingle Creek, Universal Studios is building a brand new theme park literally across the street. So that's going to help us quite a lot to, to get the business in. So I oh, think the conventions coming back and and Universal opening up their new park, I think we'll definitely see some expansion in the works in the next eight to 10 years. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. And it's great to see that there's still that investment happening, even on the theme park side. Disney, I feel like they've continued to stay busy um, and have the, the ground running. So definitely it's great to see that at least from that side of hospitality, we're still seeing a lot of value, a lot of continued growth and development happening. 
Yeah, agreed. Disney's celebrating their 50th anniversary starting October 1st. And I know for all the Disney files, that's going to be hugely popular. So we, again, I, I believe that leisure travel is going to pick back up again um, in November timeline. And I think we'll be in good shape. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. My wife actually did her internship at Disney. So she's oh, a... Disney files. Um, actually at uh, the one in Florida. I have not yet been to Disney World. What? Disneyland I've been to a few times, but yeah, that's definitely on our list of uh, places we'll end up probably before the year's up here. Good. So definitely your neck of the woods. So thinking ahead too, if you guys looked at uh, the plans when it comes to staffing, you mean back to your point and coming back to normal, are you guys anticipating adding more staffing? Are you thinking about trying to at least return back to the same staffing levels or you feel like there's a lot of conversation in the industry that positions were lost as well as part of this, which uh, makes some sense to your earlier point of working more lean and finding those ways to be more efficient. I think a lot of the properties, even outside of your own, of course, I'm sure as well, are finding that you can be leaner. You don't need a lot of overhead that there used to be. Those were nice to have, not must-haves. Have you guys felt or heard some of that same aspects on your side? Yeah, I think an organization would be careless if they did not look to streamline things and learn the lessons from the pandemic. We were forced to make decisions such as work from home. Think of hospitality. How do you work from home from hospitality? But there are actually quite a substantial number of positions that we were able to uh, allow remote work. So we have changed our HR policy and we do allow um, salaried employees that don't have to be at the hotels or in my case, at the technology company all the time to work remotely. And that's actually helped quite a lot with morale. Simple things like childcare have been eased, you know, that burden has been eased uh, by doing that. So uh, a lot of those things uh, never would have happened without the pandemic. It was just unheard of. So that's one method. Um, the second thing is, I can only speak for Millennium Technology Group. We have really rethought every single position and we have streamlined the positions that we had. We were very um, top heavy from a management perspective. And so we have eliminated positions and redesigned positions, and we are now in a really great place. We have an exceptional management team at Millennium Technology Group, and uh, we are actually hiring again. We have 10 positions uh, open right now, um, network engineers, systems engineers, telecom engineers, security analysts, among those. And so we're in that position where we're able to hire again because we have been able to streamline our process. Where we had 82 before, I think we'll probably be very comfortable at around 70 uh, to 72. And I think we'll be able to perform the same high caliber and high level of work because of our streamlining process. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's, and that's huge. It's finding some of those opportunities and really it's in some ways redeveloping some of the business model and mm -hmm. in a way, in a shape, you find different aspects where you're like, oh, I didn't really need this, but this gives me a chance to spend more time and focus on how I can improve this piece of the process and really find different ways to really ensure that your clients get a better experience, which ultimately we're all focused on in the end, happy staff and happy clients. So and it starts with the staff, you know, it's the old Southwest airlines model. It's, it's interesting. If you, if they're happy, then they make sure that your customers are happy. And we have found that to be true at Oregon, our organization. Definitely. Definitely. With that, with Florida and how booming it is there, have you guys felt a good pinch of demand there? Is the staff, with that in mind, able to keep up with everything going on and everything that's happening? There, there, there are definitely some high stress levels that are going on right now, obviously due to short staffing. We're trying to ensure that we, our number one goal is to provide the best service that we can for our customers at Millennium and also our guests at the hotels. So that's always the goal and we do everything we can to make sure that happens. I think what's happening is we're really focused on making sure that our hourly associates and our salaried associates having a good work-life balance. Yep. I think some of that 
extra burden has fallen on the management team and the upper management team. And, and that's okay. And that's, we need to do what we need to do to, to keep our associates happy and engaged. Definitely taking its toll. We've lost a few leaders uh, in the organization over the last 18 months just due to burnout. It's just a natural thing, but we have to, we got to make sure that our associates are, are in good, are in a good place. Yeah, I hate to say it, but it, unfortunately, it's not unique to you guys at all. It's the industry itself. Um, whether online, you're you know part of the Facebook group, hospitality family, or hospitality friends, or any you know, any of the Facebook groups that exist for hoteliers, where there, some of it is talking about some of the craziness and the wackiness we see from our guests, as well as some of the frustrations and the the staffing challenges that have come uh, about from it. You know, some of them, people love it and they thrive on that and really, you know, throw themselves in, but it's finding that balance. And it's exactly what you said is how do we balance that? Uh, how do we avoid the burnout? And unfortunately there's not a easy solution to that. It's just time and effort and processes. And, but a big piece of that I'm sure comes from, you know, as you touched on too, is the upper level of the upper management and everybody jumping in. I mean, was it uh, Delta, I believe, and I think American did as well, actually, that they had their corporate office and corporate team and say, great, you know what, you guys are doing a great job here at the corporate office, but we're going to send you to airports and you're going to go help at the ticket counters. You're going to go help travelers and serve as a uh, frontline resource versus a resource that's top level. It's really it's to that point. It's getting everybody involved, not just saying on property managers, you're the only ones responsible for this or front desk associate. Hey, this is, this is what you're paid for. So you get paid hourly. I don't, I'm the manager, so I don't have to do these things. Yeah, it, it's, it is, it's really getting that mentality of everybody buying in and knowing that it is everybody's efforts. that's what's going to make this happen. It sounds like it's what you guys have seen on your side. Yeah, it, it, I agree with that statement completely. And, and we've all, we've done the same thing. We've put our, our management staff on the line when needed to, to do that. The one thing that, that I don't know exactly what the audience is for, for this podcast, but I, I did want to say that there is, you said there's like not a lot we can do to change that. There actually is one thing that we can do and it's going to, again, be very corny, but it's the world is missing some kindness these days, right? Everyone is on edge. Everyone is tense. Everyone is feeling the pressure of this, but everyone's lost their patience and we've lost the simple common courtesy and kindness that we had at least through my lifetime. And I think that simple gesture would be a huge difference to everybody. Everyone that goes to a restaurant, they know that they're short-staffed. Everyone that goes into a hotel, oh, you're short-staffed. So be a little bit more patient. Understand that the staff that's there is really dedicated because they wouldn't be there if they weren't dedicated. They're dedicated to help you to make your stay or your meal a much a very pleasant experience, but they're also waiting on more tables and they're servicing more customers than normal. And they need a little bit of kindness and they need a little bit of patience on the part of our guests and the part of our visitors to help them get through. So we just all need to be a little bit more kind to each other, I think. No, that's perfect. Yeah. And it's, as you've seen the, the signs posted in different mm -hmm. sections online, it's that conversation. Be kind to those who've shown up. Exactly. Those are the ones that are dedicated to be there. And it's interesting. So I'll share a quick story here that I was on a flight here to Atlanta, actually. And in that conversation on the flight, they kept talking to the, one of the gentlemen sitting up front. I was like, who's he? Is he a, an employee or because every flight attendant was walking up to talk to him. In the end, in conversations, no, he brought us chocolates just as a, hey, just to say thank you for being here. And that was it. And it was just one of those things, very simple touches where they, you could see the genuine happiness of the employees that someone took the time to recognize them, um, especially in the service industry. We're in, a, in an industry where we focus everything geared towards how can we make 
the experience better for everyone else. You know, Telliers, I've said it time and time again that we just love to be punished and that's why we do this. We just love to be abused and that's why we get into hospitality. In the end, it's a uh, side effect of the job, but we do it because we love helping others. That's why we do it. Exactly. That's why we're in the industry. And, and it's funny though, exactly to your point, is so many people have lost a patience, have lost the focus on it, that now we're in a position where it's nice when you have those opportunities to show kindness, those opportunities to highlight that. I think it's easy for us to forget, even in the industry, to forget how easy that is to do I and mean, how forward we should be on it. We unfortunately in inherit some of the challenges that present itself from our guests or from that experience that they may have had. And it's how do we make sure that we are repaying with kindness in the face of it. I guess to that point, do you have any tips or tricks or ideas that you could share with staff? Other than of course that don't take it personal. It's one of those things. It's never about you. It's about something else in their life uh, that you may not be privy to. I and mean, it's never against us uh, or you personally, typically. There's times where we are, <laughs> but majority of the time it's not. But what tips, tricks, ideas do you have? All I can say is that everyone has to find their own tr tips and tricks. I, I, I'm not a young man anymore. So I, my patience level has, has uh, reached a point where I just let things roll off my back. You know, younger people that are a little bit more energetic, a little bit more aggressive and forward thinking, they tend to maybe take things a little bit more personally. I don't let that stuff bother me. I do it through meditation. I, I have, I make sure that I have a lot of outside interests and my, my cats that go home and I go tell them all my stories for the day. So. <laughs> and that'll yield back, which is great. No, I, in all seriousness though, I really think everyone has to find their own way to release that tension. Obviously, if you have that outlet, you can hold it in at that moment and then take it somewhere else and release that tension, whether it be through yoga, meditation, working out, art, music, whatever it takes. But that's the key, I think, is making sure you have an outlet. Yeah. And to that point, I think, and one of those things and with nice parts about COVID is a lot of us picked up some new hobby that we didn't know we could do. For myself, I've take, picked up helping out on building stuff. I don't think my wife agrees with the projects <laughs> I do, but I do some projects here and there. I don't complete them all, but I start them. That's what counts. <laughs> That's all that counts. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's all about intent. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, good. Any uh, last words of advice to share with everybody in the audience? Just hang in there, folks. It's, these are unprecedented times. Just remember that everybody on the planet is going through this. It doesn't diminish what you're going through. It doesn't diminish what your organization is going through. Your pain is real and your experiences are real, but we have to rely on each other and we'll get through this together. Lean on each other, be kind to each other, listen to each other, and just find that inner fortitude. We're going to get through this. This industry is incredibly resilient and we will be fine in the end. Yes. Yes, sir. Well said. I don't think I could have said that any better. So Mark, thank you again for your time. And uh, for those listening, of course, always feel free to check out Mark's podcast as well, which is? Not here for the souvenir. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah. So please check them out. And of course, coincidentally, we're also on Spotify, Amazon, and anywhere you listen to a podcast. And uh, yeah, thank you again for the time, Mark. And of course, you and I are actually in the same building. Yes. I'll see you here in a little bit. Absolutely. As well. Look forward to it. Thank you very much for having right. me. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Hotel Moment Podcast. For more information, visit gomoment.com slash podcast.